1: On your radio and in the game, right here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Yes, who's not here? You see so you heard my voice already. You know you know that one of us is here, and that's me, Michael Borky, but oh, bro-
3: shut up, Borky! <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Told me!
3: Borky, no, I'm, I'm had not with Richard you on Cross. this
2: Friday. Yes. we're gonna yes. have some fun. Richard's gonna call yeah. us later. He, he's gonna call us later. Oh, we'll, he is? yeah, we'll do picks with him. Know.
3: Okay, I guess.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, we're glad you guys are with us on this Friday. It's a uh, it's a beautiful day outside. a Little hot, little little hot. Not complaining though. Would would uh, would rather it be a little hot and nice than weather impacting our games tomorrow. Old Miss LSU will get our day started at 5 o'clock tomorrow, immediately following that, Mississippi State, Alabama. Uh, I, I got a text from a buddy earlier that was like, "If uh, he said, if people are mad at Lane Kiffin, they forgot to tell Oxford or something like that. And I was like, man, yeah. it's LSU. I've seen a full stadium for the LSU game. Now, there's like... 15,000 Tiger fans there. But when Houston, after Houston got fired, that's not the best case. But anyway, point is, Oxford apparently is uh, is buzzing right now. Is uh, the same thing happening, hey dad, where you sit? Uh,
3: I went downtown, or I guess I was in the cotton district for lunch today. And uh, yeah, there are people coming in and out, a lot of people shopping uh, around down as I drove back home through downtown. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, Even though it's sort of the same thing, right? It's Alabama. Yeah. People are going to show up for
2: that game. Um, they travel well to Starkville, don't they? Just the proximity, kind of. Oh yeah,
3: for sure, for sure.
2: I I wonder if uh, my neighbor down the street that I ended up not making friends with is there. Did I tell you that story? So no. I'm trying to like have neighborhood friends because so my house. Sits next to, or in between, uh, an older gentleman that does not leave his home. Lives by himself, gets all like everything delivered like to his door. I never see him, so can't be friends with him. And to the other side is the people that had the cops caught on him for smoking weed, and so I'm not friends with them either. Um, yeah. Across the street, it's a nice single mother with two young kids, but... You know, we don't have anything in common. I can't be friends with her. So my options are kind of limited. You know, so I'm trying to expand my horizons in the neighborhood to have a guy like uh, on Sunday afternoon after we cut grass, we can like have a beer and just admire our work. You know, I'm trying to establish like yeah. neighborhood friends. And so I, I was I got you. I was running with Maverick a few weeks ago, and there was a, a guy that kind of looked like he was my age, putting an Alabama flag uh, on his house, and I thought, hey, here's a good opportunity. Football fan, all good. And he waved and said hello, and so I stopped and said, hey, man, how are you? I said, you you go to Alabama? He goes, oh, no, no, just a fan. I said, okay, like, no big deal, whatever. You don't have to go to a school to be a fan, no big deal. There are a lot of people right. listening to this Absolutely. show that are Ole Miss and State fans that didn't go there, no problem at all, all good. But I said, oh, so you have a, a connection or anything? He goes, no, nah, not really, they just win. I hate him already, forky, And so no, that's the end of our friendship. It was a thirty-second friendship. I don't want to be friends with that guy anymore. Take it easy.
3: Take it easy, buddy.
2: Yeah, it was a short conversation. I, I waved. And... You're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be
3: neck about this time next year. You're gonna be jogging out in that neighborhood, and that guy's gonna be putting up a Georgia flag.
2: Probably. to be like, you know what? Yeah. Changed up. He lost his Yankees one because uh, they're struggling this year. But, man, he oh, was a total oh. package. He had, he had golf clubs in the garage. I was like, this could be my neighborhood friend. Nope. Can't do it. Can't bring nah, myself to can't do that. No, nah. oh, they just win. Come on. Anyway. 601-879-4395 is the text on 601-879-4395. Uh, somebody says, Borky trying to get the Hank Hill friend group. Yes, that's exactly. Yes that is exactly what i want in my neighborhood and i don't have it i've got my mississippi state fan friend down the street but um he's 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 older like at a different stage of life than me uh, you know he's i don't mean to be rude it. but he's more than double my age okay he's he's just a, an older man and you know it, He's got stories about the war, which are interesting, but you know, we're just we're on different planes of life. Wonderful man, though. Uh, I love him to death. But yeah, I'm looking for uh, for that friend group. I'm just
3: picturing you just sitting out, you know, white t-shirt tucked into jeans, little little side can of WD-40 in case your big can of WD-40 needs to be opened up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. With a grill in the front yard. Our, our our late friend I, JT I just, used to grill in his front yard, and I, I wish I had. I don't want that.
3: James to be Bobby, though. I don't want that. Yeah, no, me either. No. Now, see in English, James, you speak English.
2: Reed, I, I don't know what you're trying to say with that message, but I'm glad you're uh, glad you're listening anyway. Somebody says, "Oh, you, did you not no, go to Alabama? So no, you're no. a walk-on fan?" But see that that doesn't bother me. I, I don't. I don't care. As long as you have a reason, yeah. though.
3: Mom it, and Dad were an Alabama fan. Sure. You know, I've watched them my whole life.
2: Grew like up in Birmingham and had to pick one. Got it. Good. Like I, I've got a friend who, who's an Ole Miss fan. Never stepped foot in a classroom at Ole Miss, but like he grew up and his dad would take him to one Ole Miss game a year, and he said, you know, because of their circumstances, it would be like the bad game because that was the only one that they could go to, and he became hooked. All good. Like, I'm a Saints fan. I've never lived in New Orleans. My How did you become a fan story is kind of a bad one, honestly. It was thanks to a, a cable package, the only cable package that I could afford. And, and I love the city, and that's it. I mean, everybody's got a story. But if you don't have a story, it's just, well, they win. You are a loser. He was pro- CC says he was probably wanting a friend that was a winner anyway.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: that's not nice. You're You're accurate. But, uh, but that's not nice. Uh, the second message uh, along these lines, I can read this one, though. He said, just join your neighborhood swinger group. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be me.
3: Just go put the pineapple on the uh, front porch. You'll be good to go.
2: Okay, I've never actually asked this question to anyone. Is that a real yeah. thing? I've been told that it is. Okay, because, like... E- Sometimes I will have to go to home decor stores to, like, get stuff sometimes. And I do see a lot of, like, pineapple decorations. Thought, you know what I mean?
3: I thought you were about to say Home Depot, but re- pronounce it Depot for a second there. <laughs> home Depot? And I was about to lose it. I, was just, I, was like, I really thought you were about to say, I go to Home Depot sometimes, and <laughs> I was going to I was gonna just... I don't know why. I don't know why I thought you were going to do that, but I felt
2: it coming on. I, I'm going to start calling yeah, that's, it that, that's what Home I Depot. Home Depot. But, but, like, seriously... Home Depot. There, there are, like, cutting boards and stuff, and is all of that the same thing? Or are people that are just, like, this sweet old lady that's like, oh, I love pineapples. This is a great cutting board. Is she sending a message that she no, doesn't you... know that she's sending?
3: Yes. 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 If you, if, you, if you go to, like, some sweet old lady's house and she's got, like, a pineapple decoration on the front porch, she she doesn't know. She's, one night she's just going to get, you know, a knock on her door at, like, 8 o'clock at night and... It's going to be a couple there and be like, uh, yeah. It's going to be like the uh, the opening scene of old school. You know? Comes out of the closet like a magic show. You know? It's, it's, it's going to be like that.
2: Uh, that's why I like these shows, because Richard would have no idea what you were talking about. Not, not a clue. Nope. That's uh, all right. We get this message Top. here. There the it is. pineapple yes. is yes, also a southern sign of welcome. Well...
3: Dan in Hattiesburg has it right. The pineapple has to be upside down. It's an
2: upside down pineapple. Okay. Fair, uh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I think I did know that, yes. Uh, John says you do a great Hank Hill. Somebody says oh, I'm looking for a Boomhauer. or I need a Boomhauer. My, my, I'll take
3: anything. My Hank, Hill and my, my Hank Hill and my Brandon Walker are the exact same voice. That's my problem. <laughs> Welcome to Barstool Sports. I'm Brandon are, Walker.
2: Are they the same voice for you or are they the same voice for them?
3: They may just be the same voice. They They're very just, similar.
2: Might be the same voice, honestly. So.
3: If 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 Mike Judge ever wanted to reboot King of the Hill, he could get Brandon to be the voice of Hank Hill.
2: Yeah, actually. And instead
3: could. of Bobby, it's Tommy, you know. It'd be, right. Damn it, Tommy. <laughs>
2: Uh, we had football last night. We had football last night, and I've got a fair foul for us. It, it happened in the NFL game last night, and, and so we'll get to that. We're coming up on a, on a heartbreak. Can't do anything about it. We can't do anything about any of our breaks. Uh, we'll do that after. Real quick, though, scoreboard, If you did you watch any football last night at all?
3: I watched a little of Temple and uh, Tulsa, and I watched a little of Western Kentucky and whoever they were, Middle Tennessee.
2: Western Kentucky won 31-10. Tulsa beat Temple 48-26. Jacksonville State 35-28 over Sam Houston State. But there was an NFL game last night. Uh, The Lions smoked the Packers in Lambeau. The Lions Mm -hmm. are for real. They've got wins in Arrowhead and Lambeau so far this season. We're three games into the season, and the Lions have wins in Arrowhead and Lambo, but uh, something happened last night. You may have missed it. It's it's not. I didn't think anything of it, but it went uh, viral on social media earlier today, where Packers fans did something to a Lions player. Fairfowl will tell you what that is. Get your opinion when we come back. We'll talk high school football at three thirty-seven. We'll do two questions at the top of the floor o'clock hour. Mississippi State absolutely must do what if they want to beat Alabama? Same thing for Ole Miss. We'll talk to Bruce, get picks from him. We'll give picks of our own. We'll do Food Friday. We are full on this Friday, and we are glad that you guys are with us. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the C Spire text line. We'll be right back. Just a few friends. Just a few friends.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk, Mississippi. The
0: sun is high.
2: Paul's getting in on the two questions early. said uh, Mississippi State absolutely must pay the officials very well. He also said...
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure Alabama's already taken care of that, Paul. You got it, That ball. payment's gone through. So, yeah.
2: you know, things happen, and it was probably innocent, but I still can't ever get past that video of an Alabama Ole Miss game in Tuscaloosa where the ref gets his spot and does his spot, like from what he saw on the field. Puts his foot down. They toss him the ball to spot the ball, and as he's going down to put the ball down, he turns around to look at the first down marker and then moves the ball forward to make it a first down. I I will will never get that video out of my head. I'm sure it was totally innocent. It could have been just a mistake or whatever. I don't know. But... If anybody says there's there's no reason to think that no, they're not biased at all, there's a video for you. Ref makes a spot, yeah. catches the ball, turns around to see where the first down marker is, and moves his foot forward and spots the ball across the first down marker. Explain that to me. I can.
3: My favorite all time is Mississippi State Auburn 2011, uh, where Auburn on fourth and short goes for it, they, they get stuffed. They come out. They they bring the chains out. You can see the sun between the ball and the ball marker. You can see this much of the sun, first time. I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Just staring at my TV, going, "Wait, what?" Just yeah,
2: and nothing's ever going to get done about it. So we just have to, yeah. to suffer and whatever. It's just
3: like politics. The right people are getting rich, so they don't, they don't worry
2: about it. No doubt. truer words not spoken on this show. Uh, so last night in Lambeau, here's your fair or foul. So in the first quarter, all right, all right. after uh, Amon Ross St. Brown scored a touchdown. Remember, he, he's on the Lions, scored a touchdown at Lambeau, so he's on the road. Uh, he jumped into the crowd, as Packers players usually do, when he did the Lambeau Leap. But here's what happened when he did the Lambeau leap. He jumped into uh, the front row, and there was a couple of Lions fans there. And then a Packers fan, sitting in the second row, poured his beer on his head. And everybody's doing this, what a bad look, what an embarrassment. There needs to be an apology issued. Make sure that fan never goes to games again and and all that stuff. And I get it. You're in a, a... Word I can't say on the radio, a jerk, if you pour alcohol on anybody's head, really. I mean, unless you catch your boyfriend cheating on you, I guess. Pour alcohol on his head. He deserves it. But generally speaking, you shouldn't do that to people. Guy's an idiot for doing that. I get it. You shouldn't do that. That's dumb. However, he jumped into the stands at at a road game. He jumped into the stadium of opposing fans. You get what you get when you do that, right? I mean, it's like, for example, there was uh, a series of car break-ins in my neighborhood, but the people weren't actually breaking into the cars. They were walking, they were pulling on door handles. And if the car was locked, they would just move on. They didn't break a single window, but if the car was unlocked, mm-hmm. they would open the door and steal everything inside. And all the neighborhood was up in arms. How could this happen in our neighborhood? It's so dangerous out here. And I'm like, lock your car. I didn't get anything stolen in my car. I had golf clubs in the back. They didn't steal them because my car was locked. Lock your car. <laughs> I mean, that, that doesn't mean you the people... like Gunnery
3: have... Sergeant Hartman.
2: If it weren't for people like you, there wouldn't be any thievery in the world. Exactly. Just lock your car. And that, that, that doesn't excuse yeah. the criminals and, and they got caught and, and they got in trouble and as they should have, sure. Like, yes, you still alert the authorities or whatever, but if you left your car unlocked... In your driveway. It's partially your fault. And victim blaming I know is not something that you should do. But if you jump into the stands. As a player on the road. And you get beer poured on you. Too bad. Just like if a fan comes on the field. And you level him. Too bad. I don't understand the outrage about this. The guy's a jerk. But don't jump into the stands. It won't happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is one of those two things are true at the same time kind of things. The guy's a jerk, but don't jump into the stands uh, on the road. If you, if, you go into, if you go into the stands on the road, you know, plus you're in Detroit. Last time somebody went into the stands there, an entire team got shut down. Yeah, just don't do it. So, yeah, just don't go into the stands if you're on the road. You're not You're not funny. And but at the same time, the guy who threw a beer on him is probably going to be in some trouble, and he probably should
2: be. He just poured it. I mean, just poured it. Oh, on just top just of his head. yeah, yeah.
3: Just just you know,
2: baptized him in it.
3: Yeah, Father, the Son, and and the Holy Ghost. Got, that, got all three of them.
2: That guy's got cross money. Uh, looking at the beer prices at, at these things. <laughs>
3: Jeez. <laughs> Especially to waste one. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to buy it. He wasted it. He's like, I just go get another one. I, I got another 20 bucks burning a hole in my pocket, yeah.
2: Joke's on that fan, too. He spent like 150 bucks on alcohol, like a beer and a half maybe. And yeah. Lord knows what the second row at Lambeau costs to go to. So he did that, poured a beer yeah. on a guy, is probably going to get in legal trouble, and they lost.
3: Just boom, boom, Can't boom. Can't do anything to him, though. He's the, own, he's the owner of the team.
2: Oh, that's right, yeah.
3: Yeah. Do what you want when you own the team.
2: Lucas and Union on the officiating thing said uh, 2017 to state, Calvin Ridley steps out of bounds by himself. He does. Comes back in, touches the ball first. Ref throws his hat, marking he stepped out, and then said no, he didn't. You have to refresh my memory. I don't remember that one vividly.
3: That did happen. It did happen. 2017. It was was the, the touchdown that won the game for them. Step, he completely stepped out of bounds. The ref tossed his hat to say he stepped out of bounds, and they were like, "Nah, it's fine, be okay."
2: And so here we are, and here here we will always be. That that's the depressing part about. I, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. the The depressing part sometimes about fandom is. You know where you are, and it'll never change. And I was trying to feed him that, oh, yeah, you can. Look at Clemson. That's the example I go to. Look at Dabo and Clemson. I mean, Clemson was a nothing program, and they wanted to fire him after a couple years. And then look at what they became. And that's not the best example because nobody buys it, but uh, I've noticed this week that some fans are kind of struggling with that concept of, you know, quote, "We will never be them," end quote, yeah, but you're still here yeah, after just, all these years, so
3: exactly, yeah, just 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 enjoy what you can, just do what you got to do, just try to make try to take it one day at a time. yeah, you know a lot, a lot of the lessons that apply to like you know, other problems people have can be the same for college football. Um, you have your good days and your bad days. Ab-
2: absolutely. So, James is now a Pelicans fan. He doesn't know what that means. Good, yeah. But when I ask him what his nah. favorite basketball team is, Pelicans. Like, yeah. And then I have him flex. When I say, hey, James, do Zion, he'll go, Zion, and flex, even though Zion never plays. Um. One of my friends asked me, like, why are you doing that to him? Like, the team sucks, and they're never going to win anything. And I said, because life lessons. He's going to learn how to appreciate the struggle. Getting through tough times, you know? I'd rather him be a Pelicans uh, fan than, than, I don't know. You've already
3: given him the Saints. Right. And now you're going to
2: make him have this burden as well. He's going to be tough, though, man. You want to talk about healthy adult relationships that he's going to have? You know his his part his significant other is significant. Others gonna have a bad day. He's going to be like, all right, I have bad days all the time. Every Sunday, baby, I have, I have bad days every yeah. Sunday. and Then Tuesday and Thursday, and during basketball season,
3: all the time. At least at least fifty of them a year during yeah. the uh, from October <laughs> through uh, through April. It's no big deal. That's uh, why nothing bothers me, Borky. I'm a state fan, a Saints fan, a Giants fan. The Lakers have been the only thing that have held me up through the years. You know,
2: not wife and kids and. Wonderful home life. No, it's the Lakers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They've won 11 world titles in my life. What do you want? Before I had my wife and kids, I had the Lakers.
2: 601-879-4395 is the text line. We will talk high school football when we come back. Uh, Preview the big games upcoming in this state. Then transition over to two questions. See if we can get a couple messages here first. Uh, Tim, just gassing you up today, hey, Dad. Like, you know, I don't know how much you sent to Tim to send this message, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read it. It's a Friday. He said, hey, Dad, I'm an Ole Miss fan, but your show Wednesday night is great. Seriously, my friend, you, in my opinion, have made it to the big leagues. This should should give you a boost on a Friday. I got a boost a little bit earlier. From two uh, different
3: people tell, tell me that I was doing good. Nice. I guess they're listeners. Yeah. So including one who said she was grilling some big thick steaks tonight, and I was like, well, now now I need to walk further because I'm coming to your house for a steak tonight. Awesome. So Tim And then she tweeted you a picture of the steaks, and I do want to go eat those steaks. They are big steaks. Awesome. Awesome.
2: Yeah. We need good vibes on a Friday here, especially with Alabama and LSU in town. You get gassed up by Tim. Absolutely. My friend Logan gassed me up earlier today, feeling good. So uh Good vibes on a Friday. High school football next. Appreciate you guys being with us. Bunch of texts coming in. Uh, We can't read them all, but we thank you nonetheless. 601-879-4395 is that text line. High school football when we come back.
1: Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: So, I appreciate every single one of you that listened to this show. What, what we were not doing, I promise, was inviting uh, positive comments. That, that wasn't the intention, but what well, we thank you for giving them. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't fishing, but we, uh, we thank all of you guys for, for being a part.
3: Y'all tell Borky you love him, for God's
1: sake. Help the boy. Out.
2: <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Heart is full today, and that's uh, that's a good thing. But we go to the Farm Bureau guest line now. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Keith Walker of the Mississippi High School Football Scoreboard Show. You'll hear him tonight. Joins us right now. He uh, he actually told me he was listening to us as he crossed back into the state of uh, of Mississippi. And uh, Keith, if you've got compliments for us, we'll take them, though. If you got any.
4: Hey, well. Hey, Well, it's it's great. It's an honor to be on with you and uh, and Brian. Uh, you guys do an excellent job every day uh, with Richard on the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. But uh, we're getting uh, almost ready to get ready to uh, region play in high school football. But we got a couple of games tonight. Uh, you know, we have several of the classifications that are on bye week this week. We have some major games that going on tonight, uh, you know, some games uh, that I think some teams can use to kind of assess where they are at this point in the season before they get into region play.
2: So look let's look at uh this first one here. Uh West Jones and Jackson Prep. Now uh these are two really good football teams, huh, Keith?
4: Yeah, uh Wes Jones, I mean, uh it's a rumor if they give up a touchdown, they uh have only they're they're allowing only four points a game this year and uh they're undefeated, they're playing good football. Uh they uh, look like one of the contenders in class six A in the South. You can go up against Jackson Prep, who uh, last year broke through, kind of ended MRA's uh, dominance in MAIS, and they're a typical Prep team. Uh, they play good defense. It's going to be a intriguing matchup. This is, I think it's going to be a defensive game, and if they come down to which team's uh, offense can get a little point uh, in, in deciding this one, kind of maybe favor West Jones because the game is in so-so. is real tough to win down there. But uh, Jackson Prep's got a good team. It should be a great game.
3: Up here in North Mississippi, Keith, the, the game we're going to be focusing on is West Point at Tupelo. You know, West Point has not been the dominant you know, program you expect them to be thus far this year. Tupelo's been really good, but this could be a game where they could make a real statement, don't you think?
4: Yeah, uh, I, I kind of like to use the old Corso uh, line. Not so fast, my friend, uh, with West Point. You know, Coach Chambliss does a great job with that team. The last couple of years, they've kind of been starting out slow. They play a great schedule. You know, they played Starkville, Louisville, uh, teams that are, like, very uh, highly ranked this year. Takes them a little time, but once they get into their region, they play. Uh, You mentioned Tupelo. They've really been a dominant football team the last couple of years. Just came up short last year in in advancing to the state championship. And uh, this year, Tupelo had... Had only given up two touchdowns going into that game. They played out of uh, state last week with the uh, Houston out of Tennessee. And Houston and Tennessee just got them there at the end. Uh, they got a touchdown with six seconds to go to win that game. But uh, the wave, and it's the battle of the wave, uh, Brian, uh, when you have the green yeah. against the golden wave of Tupelo, uh, you don't see that a whole lot. Maybe we could throw Tulane in there. You could have uh, these uh, teams with the wave. But I expect <laughs> a good ball game, and I think Tupelo will will bounce back. Uh, you know, they, they were really playing good, dominant football. I mean, they beat Oxford, great program, uh, just recently 49-7. to So I look for the way to come back and, uh, with a good game. But, you know, Coach Chambliss, they have, uh, what, I think 11 state championships. They live in that state championship game. And they're going to be heard from before the season's over.
3: Here in Starkville, it's homecoming. Starkville's taking on Greenwood tonight. We we're just talking about Tupelo and Starkville. Are those the best two teams in in seven A for you? Do you think the state champion comes out of the north again or, or or do you think there's somebody in the south that can that can challenge them?
4: I would say right now, Brian, I I favor I favor I uh, Oak Grove. Uh I've been really impressed with them. That's another team. Uh they're off this week, but they played a great schedule. They uh, had a nail-biter a couple of weeks ago with MRA uh, out of the MAIS, but they went out of state and beat Hoover, Alabama. They beat Wayne County. They shut them out 49 to nothing. Coach Kozie does a great job down there uh, at uh, at uh, Oak Grove. I, I think I would say, you know, like maybe I would have been leaning more like an Oak, Oak, Oak Grove Tupelo championship. But you've got some teams that have quietly had, uh, good starts, and I think seven eight uh, is just basically guys. It's it's really balanced. You have uh, the Pearl Pirates who uh, are off to a five and zero start in that region with Oak Grove. Uh, everybody's team that they thought was going to be the team this year, Brandon, start out slow, but they kind of seem like they have turned things around. Won the last couple. Madison Central's had a couple of tough losses. You can never count those guys out. And Ocean Springs, a team uh, that played Brandon in the South. Uh, championship last year just lost the nail biter to them they're off to a good start and let's even throw northwest ranking in the mix off to a four and one start that's lance's alma mater uh you know so i know lance is uh, really high on northwest ranking and we'll maybe hopefully get a chance to see that game with pearl that opens up region play uh next week
2: we get a text here on the text line from uh, lucas uh, saying that he feels like union at upora is a sneaky good game tonight you got any thoughts on that one
4: yeah, Union uh, off to a five and oh start, uh quietly having a great season. I think Upora coming in there three and two. Uh the Eagles always are a uh, tough team. Uh one I wanted to mention that we didn't mention it's a battle of undefeated unde- uh, teams in North Mississippi. Uh you uh with uh, Houston, the Hilltoppers uh I-, I believe Houston was playing uh let me see if I had that correct. It's Louisville. Uh and I'm sorry. Louisville. Okay. That's the game I wanted to mention. I thought maybe I wanted to focus on since it was pretty close to your area up there, Brian. Louisville uh, finally got over the start hump, uh, so to speak. You mentioned Humphrey Coliseum already ready for basketball, but uh, Louisville got that win. They're 5 0. They play a great, great uh, schedule. They kind of they won the triangle, and they uh, look, appear to be uh, back in great shape. They won the state championship last year. They are, I think I want to say, 11 and0 in state championship games. It, I mean, I know our friend Robbie Falk is listening because he calls the show, but I'm really impressed with them. In Houston, quietly under the radar at 5 and0, they play a good schedule, and that happens to be the region opener. That, I don't think you could have a better region opener than two undefeated teams at five and0 at this point. The winner gets a leg up on trying to win that uh, division.
3: When we look around the, the state, you know, and look at some of the smaller divisions, 4A, 3A, maybe even 2A, who's the team down there that maybe nobody's talking about that, that people should have a, an eye on as a potential champion down the road?
4: I'll give you a couple, uh, uh, Brian. I would say maybe Macomb, off to a 5-0 and start okay. in Class 4A in the South. Uh, had a big win over their arch rival Brookhaven a couple of weeks ago. Had a convincing win over Florence. Uh, the Tigers off to a great start this year. Uh, West Harrison even, uh, a couple of teams on the coast, West Harrison and Hancock, both of them undefeated. You've got the Hurricanes, kind of like the Miami Hurricanes. You might see a little revitalization of the coast with West Harrison. And then the Hancock Hawks off to a, a, a great start at 5-0. and That's some teams that are a little bit under the radar. I would also say uh, North Mississippi, Winona, who had a big win over Grenada, Grenada's 6A and Wynona's only 3A but I would say guys if I was going to say anything that was going to be a lock as far as a champion in one of the smaller divisions is that Pineowner team. You should see if you get a chance to see them play this year. They're they're probably going to be undefeated and win that uh the uh the 3A state championship in my opinion.
2: Keith, we appreciate your time before we let you go. Is there any other game that's on your radar tonight that uh, that we haven't mentioned yet?
4: Let's see uh and I think we covered it. Maybe we could uh I think we just about covered it, uh uh Michael, maybe like I said, Charleston. They're four and one, so I think that will be an interesting matchup with Winona. But uh you guys tune in tonight for the uh high school football scoreboard, um, Supertalk Mississippi. We're gonna have uh the MHA uh director, uh Doctor Neves calling us and we got a, a couple of uh, maybe a quarterback, our our friend Jack. Uh, uh, we call him Captain Jack uh, at Pearl, leading Pearl at a 5-0 start. We hope to have somebody on maybe from the Oak Grove coaching staff. But uh, uh, I can say this about Richard. Richard, I've been on the scoreboard show so long, Richard was on the way down covering uh, Ole Miss and Auburn, and he called in and hit a deer while on the air with us. <laughs> so he's a legend. He's legend <laughs> he's with us. He might can tell you that story next week. But uh, we he he did a great job of – uh, explaining, or uh, I think he was covering the uh, the Oxford game, but he uh, was on the way down for Ole Miss and Auburn. Hit the deer, but still gave a great report on the show. <laughs> but it, it's been my pleasure, guys. Uh, hopefully, we will get to do it again soon. You guys uh, do a great job. And we Thanks, enjoy Keith. To you every
2: day, Keith. You're the best. Thank great you so stuff. much. Uh, have a good show tonight. That's uh, it's Keith Walker Scoreboard Show tonight. On uh, if you're listening to us right now, you can hear Keith tonight. Thank you uh, to him for joining got- us. And-
3: I just thought Richard killed people with my boredom to death. I didn't know he actually ran over living things so like that. So you my know goodness.
2: that Richard was driving, saw the deer on the other side of the road, realized, mm-hmm. I haven't washed this truck in a while. I need a new one. <laughs> just mowed it down. Just mowed it down so he could get a new F-150.
3: I nearly hit one the other day. I was I was driving on 82. I know i only got a few seconds here. And a buck comes out in front of me. I was like, "That's a nice buck." And at the, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the doe. Oh, and I missed her by about a foot.
2: You could have fed the family for a few weeks, though, if you if you happened. Oh to, my gosh, uh, take it out. If I had
3: gotten them both, yeah, yeah.
2: Six-year one, seven nine-4395 is the text line. We will be right back. We'll start turning the page to old Miss, LSU, and Mississippi State, Alabama. When we come back. <laughs>
3: You know, I gotta say though. Yeah? I love Buffett and all, but see, Richard's not here today. Where's my Van Halen Friday? <laughs> what am I, I gonna do? do, do? Yeah, well, why why can't I have a theme today?
2: I know that Buffett's passing and I'm I'm not making fun. I, Buffett's passing, you know, tugged at the heartstrings of of one Richard Cross there for, for a little while. So he yeah. asked if we could do Buffett yeah. Fridays for a for a while, and I'm honoring that. Um, yeah. They played a, a Buffett song at the Saints game that I went to a few weeks ago, right before the fourth quarter, and the whole stadium mm-hmm. sung it. And it was cool. But it was a Buffett song. And there's a local columnist that was like, that needs to be the Saints' fourth quarter song because it's just like Tom Petty at Florida. And I thought, no, it's not. It's the no, Superdome. Not. Where you had Chris Godwin when he was being interviewed this week. The, the way he described the Superdome needs to be plastered on the walls of the building. Like, The league respects it as a wildly intimidating environment. And you want to play Margaritaville before the most important 15 yeah. minutes of the game? No, man, come on. It was a cool moment, but yeah. give me Choppa style in there. You know, something crazy like that.
3: We have a sing-along this weekend at halftime at Davis-Waite Stadium. The, yeah. band, the famous Maroon band tweeted this out. But they're playing four songs and we get to sing to all of them: Y.M.C.A., I Want It That Way, nice. Friends in Low Places, and Mr. Brightside. I definitely will be in the press box jamming out to Mr.
2: Brightside. No, I know you know every word to I Want It That Way. You are. I do. I'm just saying. My fire. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, yeah. not going to go viral on that one. No. Oh, you that's you all know you like. Hey. Hey. I'm I'll, man enough to I'll admit, sing it in private. That's a good song. Huh? It's a good song, They're, okay? It's a you know, good song. You know, NSYNC's
3: about the to tour again, too. So yeah.
2: See, I always get them confused with 98 Degrees. So that's NSYNC, right?
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Backstreet Boys did I Want It that. Well, that. Okay. One. NSYNC's the one with Timberlake. That's the one you shouldn't get confused with other people. Oh, well, that's that's the big one.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I was young. Great song, though. Yeah. Great, uh, great song. Why are they doing that? Just because?
3: Well, it's just this week's halftime show. So, uh, you know, why not? Let's have fun.
2: A full stadium singing Mr. Brightside is pretty cool. Michigan does that every week, and I love it.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The rare band that is American that everybody thinks is European because they're super popular in Europe and not here. The Killers. The
3: Killers? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're from Vegas. uh, There's also a a conspiracy theory about the Killers. Are you you familiar with it? I am not. That they're actually a Christian rock? Oh, yeah. No, it's not a conspiracy. They are. That's what I be- I'm telling you. People believe that. Yeah. Like, if you look at the lyrics of their songs, it's like they're talking about our Lord and Savior. Absolutely.
2: Um, yeah. So that, that'll be cool. That'll be fun. I kind of need somebody to videotape you singing in the press box, though. I need well, that. Well, first off, I need what year is it?
3: What year is it that we're videotaping things? <laughs> <laughs> that, that someone's got a camcorder and just, you know, well, calm down, Grandpa. I need to get that on video. We'll get somebody. Somebody might record it. Yeah, on their phone.
2: There'll so, be no tape involved. Somebody let Robbie watch know. it on VHS. Does Robbie sit next to you? He does. Okay, wait, I'll, I'll that, let Robbie my, know. My, we we kind of have
3: like it's like golf. We have a foursome. My foursome is uh, Stefan Krasnick from the Clare Ledger, Danny P. Smith from the the Daily News, Ronnie Robbie Falk, and uh, and me. That's we're we're all sitting together.
2: So I, I'm two for three on my knowledge of who those guys are, and I will get okay. one of them. But you got to sing. You got to be into it too. Like, the, don't hide it. Robbie will sing Mr. Brightside too. That's the problem. Well, so but he can actually, you know, he's not going to be recorded. He, he's a singer and, and like, plays yeah. guitar. and.
3: Hey! I can sing.
2: Uh, we get uh, this cool picture from. He uh, got a voice like an angel.
3: You know, Lu- the devil was an angel at one time, Lucifer was an angel. Mixed That's, between
2: Fergie and Jesus. I get that reference. Smitty in Oxford sends us a picture from the club Let's behind give the... something to talk <laughs> about. Uh, behind the south end zone. What about love? Love! Love! That got my clip for Monday. Thank you. Um, yeah. Ole Miss going with the red end zones this week. Smitty, uh, shout out to you for sending That's us solid. that picture. Stadium looks good. Uh, I, F- Ole Miss fans are, are kind of upset. Uh, about wearing the powder blue helmets and jerseys with LSU. They think it should always be, should be red. blue helmets, red tops. Counterpoint, though, a full stadium of red on a field with red end zones, those powder jerseys pop so much behind yeah, that it's,
3: Let's have some tradition. Let's have a little respect. If any school should respect
2: tradition, it's Ole Miss. Speaking of tradition, every Friday for, I think, I think seven years, possibly eight years. I can't remember when this started. Probably not the best tradition. We can make up the origin, I suppose. Two questions. We will do that to start the 4 o'clock hour, then turn into Bruce and get some picks with him. Mississippi State, send them to us on the text line. 601-879-4395. We'll buckle down and really start focusing on football here in the next hour. Mississippi State absolutely must do what if they want to upset Alabama tomorrow? They absolutely cannot do what? to pull the upset. Same two questions for Old Miss and LSU. Send them to us. We will do that when we come back. Fun first hour. Glad you guys are with us. Don't go anywhere in the Pearl River Resort studio. Anywhere. The word is anywhere, Michael. We'll be right back.
1: Come on. Super Talk Mississippi. Check the side. Are you ready yeah. Sports yeah. Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
2: the text line uh, during that break, and uh, we need to apologize to some of you. Apparently, the emergency alert system uh, blasted <laughs> during our high school football segment, and we can't control that. That, that is, we can't control that. It just It's going to happen. But we're
3: not at war, if you're wondering. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You remember, oh. uh, what was it, two years ago or last year, when uh, the, the guy working... Uh, at the Hawaii Emergency Alert System uh sent a mass uh incoming bomb message to yeah. everybody on the island. Yeah, that was Yeah. That was something. 6018794395. I'm Borky. He's at on a Friday at Sports Talk I, Mississippi.
3: I got to be honest with you, you know, somebody from Super Talk just tweeted this video from the Gerard from Gerard show saying Is Taylor Swift the most powerful person in America. What a joke. Like a whipper in a fight. No question. <laughs> You kidding me? She's a girl.
2: Taylor Swift could swing a political election. I bet. I bet she could.
3: One hundred percent. If she came out today and said, "I encourage all of my my fans to vote for whoever," even if it was like somebody they politically didn't like, like and I would be honest, the average Taylor Swift fan probably not a fan of Donald Trump. But if she said, I encourage you all to vote for Donald Trump, they would swallow that down and vote for Donald
2: Trump. So this might be this might be a little extreme. I feel like Taylor Swift could get Nikki Haley to win everything.
3: Whoever she put her, if she decided powerful. to put the full might of her power behind her, yes. But pound for
2: pound, though, I'll give her Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary right here. Oh, oh, don't worry. We are um We are now approaching week two of the Taylor Swift sitting in the box at a football game, news cycle, by the way. Uh, she'll be at the Jets-Chiefs game this weekend. So really looking forward to uh, to having everything I consume be centered around Taylor Swift. And again, she's very popular. A lot of people like her. Honestly, on some of my running playlists, there's Taylor Swift songs in there. And I don't skip them. Like I, I get it. But football media, like tripping over themselves to color cover Taylor Swift's presence at her boyfriend's game will never not mm-hmm. be weird to me. just like, let the yeah. girl live let let Travis Kelsey I live. Know. I don't know anyway, all right, two yeah. questions: mm-hmm. Mississippi State, if they are going to pull the upset tomorrow night in Starkville, they absolutely must do what, and yes, we already got to score more points than Alabama Tech, so get that out of the way now. They absolutely must do what. Hey.
3: Exercise their Second Amendment rights? Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The real answer is they need to find the running game to go with the vertical passing game they had last week. You know, I don't think Will Rogers is throwing for 487 yards against Alabama. Not at all. But I'm pretty sure if Mississippi State would would take 270, if they could get 100 on the ground. And that might give him a fighting chance in this game. You know, Two weeks in a row, you know, against LSU, they didn't really run the ball at all. Uh, Marks only had nine carries. Last week they tried to run it, but South Carolina just basically said, we're going to let Will Rogers beat us. And if he does, he does. And he almost did. So that's what it's got to be. they got to have more balance this week. Barbe, I'm interested to see if he's back up in the booth again this week. That was the big story up here. That you know, after being on the ground the first three games, and telling us in the offseason season that he was a big, he wants to be on the field when he's calling plays, moved up to the booth last week, and, and state's offense takes off a little bit. I'm interested to see if he's up there again. Interesting.
2: I would love to know yeah. if we ever get to talk to him again. Hey, what's the difference? But aside from the obvious, he, you can he, see
3: he, more. But he gave a he gave a pretty impassioned answer of why he likes to be on the field back during the fall, yeah. during the fall during preseason camp.
2: During preseason camp when it was 105 degrees every day. Yeah. Uh, they absolutely have to generate pass rush. What one really disappointing about this disappointing thing about this Mississippi State team this year is at times they flash like you've seen Crumbody, he made a couple of plays in the South Carolina game. It's like, "Oh, there he is. I know that guy. I recognize that guy." They got to generate consistent pass rush though because Milroe, uh, while certainly not the best quarterback they've seen so far this year. Is talented and capable enough to distribute accurate footballs vertically. Like he, he can't throw the football downfield. He, he's not a bum with his arm. He's not a guy that can only run. And I, I mean, when he throws the football, it flutters into the second row of the stands every time. Like he, he's capable enough to burn you if you let him sit comfortably in the pocket. State's got to get there, and at times they really haven't uh, this year. At least not to what we expected. Out of that defense and, and generating pressure and pass rush and explosive defensive plays haven't quite done that as much as we expected. This is a night where you got to, or, or else, uh, I mean, Alabama is really just going to control everything. What can they absolutely not do?
3: Continue to play defense the way they've played the last two weeks. I mean, they, they got to fix that. And I don't, you know, I don't know the answer, I don't know how you fix it. It's not like you can go make a trade, but they got to come up with something different. And I don't know if that's Arnett getting back in there and taking charge of the defense the way Leach sort of ran the offense for Mississippi State the last three years. I don't know if that's you know, they need to go to that four-two-five that they talked about a lot this offseason. I, I don't know if they need to, you know, if it's personnel and they need to bring some different guys in. Maybe play. They've got some young guys who I think are better athletes than some of their older guys. But they, they, I think they've been playing experience over athleticism. Maybe you just put the young guys out there. And I mean, if you're going to get beat, you get beat, but you might as well, you know, put your best guys out there, put your best playmakers out there. I don't know quite what the answer is. I just know that you can't let a quarterback have time to complete 30 of 34 passes, have time to complete 18 of 20 passes. Hell, let a guy get 230 yards receiving. Let a guy get 180 yards receiving. You can't do that and win. You cannot lose games in the SEC and win. Absolutely Same thing not. here. You can't play defense like that and expect to beat anybody.
2: No. Uh, so you did You did defense. I'll flip to offense. You can't uh, – Mississippi Mississippi State absolutely cannot forget that Tulu is on their team. Uh, he is electric with the football in his hands. At, at every level in the return game. I, I mean, I would even consider uh, – Using him in the way, I know it's a homer thing, but using him in the way that the Saints use Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is not just a running back for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm not just saying that because their hair is similar. Uh, If you got to line him up in the backfield to get him touches, line him up in the backfield uh, to get him touches. That dude needs 15 to 20 intentional touches a game moving forward. You saw the electricity last week. South Carolina tried? I mean they made adjustments and tried to stop him, and they couldn't do it. Now, Alabama's a little bit different in terms of talent, but force feed that guy the football. You have got an electric playmaker on your offense. Don't forget about that because uh, he is uh, he is there. We'll get to uh, a lot of your messages coming in, so uh, we'll get to that right now. Mississippi state and, must... and one thing go ahead.
3: One thing I also want to add to what you're saying is with Tulu Griffin, state's got to be more aggressive in the kick return business. And I've been saying this all week: a kick that goes seven, eight yards into the end zone. Okay, I get it. Can't return that. But he's 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 calling fair catch on one yard, two yard in the end zone. Bring it out. This guy averages thirty-two yards a return. So if he takes it a yard deep, he's still getting past the twenty-five on average in his career. Go for it. That's your best playmaker. Get him. The, let him get as many touches as he can. And if you can, you can. If you can steal a couple in the return game. That's those are potential big plays.
2: Our first message is uh, not really high on state's chances uh, tomorrow night. He said Mississippi State must seek a multi-million dollar donor to fund a small Swiss biological engineering company to grow Woody Marks to seven six four fifty, with a nine hundred pound squat and a four three forty yard dash, and also let Tulu actually return kicks.
3: Well, the first one I don't know about. You know, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we have the technology. Well, the second one they could
2: try. They could try. Next one, Mississippi State must create turnovers and take deep shots down the field and play clean football. They must not turn the ball over right. and play sloppy, getting unnecessary penalties. That killed them last Saturday night.
3: Yeah, unnecessary penalties. And then turnovers. I mean, look at State's one win in Power 5 against Arizona. They had five turnovers. If they had four turnovers, they might not have won the game. Yeah, State State defensively, the best way to get stops is to take the ball away. I don't think they can just grind it out. Mm-hmm.
2: Dwayne says, uh, Will needs to have a game like last week. They must play all four quarters. Yeah, in in games like this, when you are kind of a heavy underdog, I mean, really the only way uh, Will Rogers has got to play at his highest level. He does. Uh, Not to oversimplify things. It's not just on his shoulders. Like if State doesn't pull the upset, well, Will Rogers sucks. No, that's that's not how it is. But if they're going to do it, you're not going to do it without him having a really, really good game. Breaking news, more at 11. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Yeah. Quarterback's got to play yeah. good. Real real, real smart up here. Yeah. That's why they pay you the big bucks. Exactly. State must sustain drives. Cannot let that quarterback run wild. Ole Miss cannot have Dart be the... Uh, we'll get to Ole Miss uh, here after the break, actually. Michael said Bork is a Swifty. Not really. I just... You know, there's a couple of catchy ones that I, I, I won't skip. You know, I, I don't hate it. Another one, Mississippi State oh, must yeah. find a way to impede Alabama's travel plans. Yeah. Direct the flight I, to I,
3: somewhere else. That that bus needs to end up somewhere. It gets stuck in Gordo.
2: Just to have somebody pull the fire. I, no, don't do that, because if that happens... I'll get blamed for it. 6018794395. We'll uh, turn the page to Old Miss. Read a couple more of your texts about state and then turn the page to Old Miss when we come back. Come on. Are we gonna do this? Back to Sports Talk, Mississippi. Keep rolling.
1: Three, two, one. Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Well, I'm, a tidal pool explorer. I'm concerned, Jerry. I'm concerned. I brought up pulling the fire alarm at the Alabama Team Hotel. Now he's asking, hey, Dad, where Alabama's Team Hotel is. I don't like the storm I've created. Do you, I don't know. Do you know the answer to that?
3: I do not, no. I'm not familiar with Alabama's travel plans.
2: I assume it's not in town uh, for a multitude of reasons. I mean, a road team staying in the town that they're playing in, a college town on a Friday night, I know you'd love to think all 85 of your players are locked in and focused, but they've got cell phones. No, they're not. No. No, they're not. I assume they're staying in, like, Tupelo or something. So, don't get any ideas, Jerry.
3: But at the same time, it's it's only a 90-minute drive, and it's an 8 o'clock game. Why not sleep in your own bed and just drive over the next morning?
2: Maybe they do that.
3: That probably makes more sense for an 8 o'clock kick. You could leave Alabama at like, you know, 2 o'clock, get here in plenty of time.
2: Yeah. 8.3 we get on the text line. 8.3, that's the dogs' average points per game against Alabama since Saban has been there. What a stat. We'll consider it a win if we crack double digits and cover the spread. So moral victories in the SEC are not a thing typically. They're not, and they shouldn't be. It's a wins and losses business, however if we show up here on Monday and it's 31 21 you should feel okay about the more than okay about the result as a state fan yeah, yeah. it's not like that every year, yeah, I, but in year one coming no. off of a tough loss on the road, yeah, especially if
3: you say 38 21 I mean you assume Alabama's going to score a fourth quarter touchdown, right so if it was 31 21 coming into
2: the fourth, you're fine, yeah, you feel good. If you were competitive, that, that, yeah. that does matter, at least in this stage. Uh, got a ton of your messages. We can't get to them all because we've got to turn the page, talk uh, old Miss LSU, and then get to Bruce. So old Miss, hey, Dad, absolutely must do what if they want to pull the upset and beat LSU tomorrow?
3: they got to be the more physical football team on both sides of the ball. You know, LSU is a team that pushes people around. They have for years. They're bullies. Uh, Ole Miss has got to take that from them. They need to be able to run the football. They've got to get Judkins going, and then defensively, they've got to you know be aggressive and get after uh, Jaden Daniels. I mean, this is two weeks in a row he's been SEC Player of the Week. You got to knock him down a peg if you want to you want to have a chance to win. You you let Daniels have time in the pocket, he will find his guys. Yeah. So they they've got to control the line of scrimmage and be the more physical team if they want to beat LSU on. Uh, on Saturday.
2: Yeah, so you talked line of is getting to Daniels, so I'll, I'll revise mine because I was along those same lines. I mean, you got to get to him. If he sits in the pocket, in a clean pocket, he will carve you up for four quarters. I mean, he, he just the comfort level of the way Daniels plays at this time this year as opposed to this time last year is impressive. He has grown a lot uh, as a quarterback. you got to make him uncomfortable or else he's going to just burn you. you got to protect Jackson Dart. I, I mean, if – if you want to take advantage of LSU's main vulnerability, you got to give your quarterback time to step back and throw the football. I mean, his time to pass last week against Alabama, frankly, his time to pass in the last three weeks has not been good enough. And you know, we've gotten a couple of texts throughout the week. We'll put in Sanders; he would do better. It's like you—you you guys, you're not seeing how poor the protection is. And if that doesn't improve, doesn't matter if it's Spencer Sanders or Jackson Dart or. Tom Brady, it, it's just they have got to protect better. LSU is vulnerable in the back end. You can't exploit them. I know Ole Miss is still banged up. You, you would think with another week under their belt, they're getting healthier, and Harris may be able to give you a little bit more, and Franklin had a full game under his belt, and Priest had a full game under his belt. Maybe that helps. But if you don't protect, it doesn't matter if they're healthy or not. LSU is vulnerable there. You have to protect. If you do, kind of uh, a 1A, 1B. Dart's got to deliver accurate passes vertically. If the opportunities present themselves, he's got to take advantage. We'll see if he can. What can Ole Miss absolutely not do if they want to upset LSU tomorrow?
3: They, they can't. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem as simple as do what they did last week. But they can't be the, the Ole Miss team that has been, that has been in these big games before. I mean, in these big games against the the higher ups of the SEC, for the most part, Kiffin has not delivered. Uh, he hasn't, hasn't beaten Alabama. He's one and two against uh, against LSU, in the one win uh, coming, you know, against a, an outmanned LSU team in 2021. Um, he just hasn't shown up in these games. Kiffin, you know, his team needs to be ready, but Kiffin needs to be ready to coach in this game. One thing you notice about Ole Miss through the years is that, you know, they're they're such a great first-quarter team. You know, they come out, they get out to a fast start. They didn't last week, and I think that's what, what hurt them, is, you know, normally Ole Miss puts 14 points on the board in the first quarter, and they just try to ride the wave the rest of the way. They didn't do it last week. they got to get off that fast start, but Kiffin's got to be able to adjust in the game and continue to, to play offense the same way. Last week was some of the most uninspired play calling we've ever seen from Lane Kiffin. This is a guy who, you know to be an offensive innovator and has been, and has been, has, played, has coached great offenses, but you did not see that last week. Can't can't coach scared against LSU.
2: No, uh, this is kind of a wild card here. So, uh, I mean, defensively, as as improved as Ole Miss is, I, I think they're going to have a, a more difficult time keeping LSU off the scoreboard than they did Alabama a week ago. And um, you know, we've talked about that a lot this week. I mentioned it the other day, but I think it bears repeating. Ole miss can't be as bad as they were on special teams last Saturday and expect to win this game. I don't think you have to be perfect uh, to beat LSU because they're not a perfect team. If they're not perfect, you don't have to be perfect to beat them. But you have to be really, really good in all facets of the game. Dart's got to be really good. You, you, you can't blow coverages on defense, and you can't miss field goals, and you can't ha- shank a punt. Uh, you, you can't have a punt blocked. You, you can't have a returner that sacrifices 10 yards when he could have just put his hand up in the air and gets bailed out by a targeting. That might not happen this week. They were really bad. Punting was bad. Again, missed field goal. Got one blocked. You're not beating LSU unless you are significantly cleaner in that aspect of the game. So much focus goes on the other two, and rightfully so, but Ole Miss lost points because of special teams play last Saturday. Can't do that this one, or you're going to lose straight up.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agreed.
2: To the text line we go. Jackson Dart needs Taylor Swift to uh, to show up and sit in his box to give him the support and extra gear to win. <laughs> she There you go. She's she's taken now if uh, if you believe it's not a publicity stunt. Um Debbie's asking, does Ole Miss really have a chance to beat LSU? I hope so, but I don't know. There's always a chance. I mean, it's only a two-and-a-half-point line, Debbie. Somebody thinks that uh, they have a chance to win. LSU has a glaring weakness that if Ole Miss can't exploit, no, they will not win. But if they can, they've got a shot. It's an oversimplification of a very complex game, but that's what it's going to come down to. Dwayne says, for Ole Miss, it uh, goes without saying, they must slow down Daniels. Jeremy says, I think Ole Miss has to exploit the LSU secondary who has not been very good to get the win. Jeff says, Ole Miss cannot run 20 Jeff suite, jet sweeps. In fairness, that's usually a very successful play for them. Alabama just out-physicaled yeah. them on the edges, and it, it didn't work, and they probably should have gone away from it, but it, that that's not something that they always Struggle with, they've had success with that in that offense in the past, even this year sometimes. But I, I see your point. You, you can't be married to that, uh, like they were last Saturday. Agreed. Another, Dave says Kiffin cannot be listening to Taylor Swift during the game.
3: He cannot. No, I no, agree.
2: No, no castles crumb, uh, crumbling this week. Another one. What's Brittany? What. We've got off the rails. The next message. What's Britney Spears doing? She's free. Maybe Jackson can play for his new Cougar.
3: <laughs> I feel like we're about to be like Mike Patrick. What is Britney Spears up to? What is she doing
2: with her life? I need to find that audio. Gosh, I'm going to find that audio, that's so actually. Good. If you don't understand, is, hey, that's It reference. is one of the
3: funniest things ever. The most out-of-place drop-in from an announcer ever.
2: Isn't the game an overtime?
3: Ever. I think it's yeah, in overtime. It's, yes! It's Alabama, Georgia in overtime. And he's like, what's Britney Spears up to? And Blackledge just
2: looks at him and goes, what? <laughs> uh, we will play that for you after yeah, we'll find that. we uh, we talk to Bruce. we got picks coming up with Bruce here in a little bit. We'll get Richard on the phone uh, do some picks in the 5 o'clock hour. By the way, Polk's pick six. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's. If you want to win a cooler full of meat. Yeah, we. Uh, you listen to this show, you win meat. It's kind of cool. Um, it is not like one link of sausage. Like You get a cooler full. Uh, Supertalk.fm slash Polk's. You make your picks. Not against the spread. Pick winners. For six games, you do a score tiebreaker. I think this week is the Ole Miss LSU game. Your name, your email address, and it's only to verify your existence. We will not use it for anything else. Submit, and if you have the best picks plus score tiebreaker, you get a cooler full of meat on Polk. Supertalk.fm slash Polks is where you go. We'll talk to Bruce Marshall next. Get some picks from him in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back.
0: How about you? Well, Father, do you have the rest of the week? Let's get started.
1: We're rolling. You're hearing Sports Talk, Mississippi.
0: What? What? This is
1: so awesome. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: The website is BAMSports.net. If you've been listening to this show for long enough, you have heard of this guy. Bruce Marshall joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. And, Bruce, there's something that we've been wrestling with all week. It's the old Miss LSU line. It's two and a half. It's been two and a half, at least the, what we've looked at. And the overwhelming majority, like 80% of the, the action, has been on LSU and that line hadn't moved a bit. What do you see from that game that makes you that makes that make sense to anybody?
5: Yeah, I think it's a lot of it's a lot of smaller bets coming in on uh, LSU. I don't think the books are that exposed on the dollar side yet, um, although they're. And it's you know to move it up to three. Uh, they usually need a real reason to do that, and they'll they'll do it. But and I wouldn't be surprised if they did before kickoff. Um, but I think there's a little. I think a lot of people got burned with LSU last week against Arkansas. They thought they would uh, handle that number. Instead, it was the fourth straight time Arkansas LSU has been a three point game. So I think that's sort of uh, cooling some of the maybe the big. Big bunny bets coming in on LSU. Although I, I, you know, watching Ole Miss and this, we're seeing this repeat a few times. It, the first time we really saw it last year was in the LSU game. When uh, Brian Kelly was able to slow down the running game and uh, Ole Miss just was not able to push uh, LSU around up front, just barely three yards per carry. We saw it again last week against Alabama. They couldn't get the run going. And I'm I'm just not sure Jackson Dart can overcome that against a quality team. Uh, We know what Jaden Daniels can do. Uh, He can be magical. And, uh, you know, LSU does sometimes go a little bit in and out. But um, I think I would rather have LSU tomorrow up uh, at at, at Blond-Hemingway. One one note, uh, LSU is – over 11 and one it's last 12 that's a pretty strong overtrend. and i think they may have they've adjusted this total up there a little too high it's in the high 60s i don't think it's going to quite get there uh even though last year they only had 65 and that was pretty high um but i think lsu's as long as this number stays beneath three that's who i'm going to lean to
2: and 67 and a half is what i'm looking at right now that yeah. is a really high total it is that is and it's too high i think
3: down here in Starkville, Mississippi State, Alabama. Obviously, Alabama has completely dominated the Bulldogs over the last uh, five years and now lost 16 straight to the Crimson Tide altogether, all Bruce. But this is not your typical Alabama team. They haven't been as good offensively this year as, as they probably would like to be. 14.5 points. What, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, you're
5: right. It's not quite like, you know, having Bryce or Tua or Jalen or Mac Jones and they have when Coach Leach was there, they certainly uh Saban, you know, let Mississippi State have it. But like you said, that's been going on for a long time. Sly Kroom is the last guy to beat uh Bama uh for Mississippi State. That was in uh Saban's first year. Uh, at uh, Tuscaloosa in '07, uh, and that was a 17-12 win at Scott Stadium. So since then, they have not beaten Alabama. Uh, last week, I think we saw, you know, it was two weeks ago the LSU game, and I mentioned this to Richard on the air, and, and I know a lot of people around Bulldog fans were thinking, you know, if you're if 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 Zach Arnett and Barbie are going to run the offense they're running, much scale back. It's not the air raid from last year. Uh then just play Mike Wright. I mean you're wasting Will Rogers, you know, using him they were the way they were, certainly the LSU game. Well maybe they listened to us because he was whipping the ball around all over the place last week. He threw almost fifty times. That's the way you gotta use him. That hasn't worked against Bama in the past, so I think the question is, do we trust this Bama offense to do enough to get over the hump? I, I, I think they're going to continue to get better. Milrow is by far their best choice, I think, at quarterback. And um, like I said, I'm I'm not altogether sure Coach Saban wasn't always playing, planning to give uh, give the other guys a look in the South Florida game. Um, but Milrow played better last week, and that defense was awfully, awfully good. Mississippi State's going to have to do it through the air, and that has not worked in recent years against Bama. Thirty-three, uh, fourteen, tied. That's my score forecast in Stuckville. The-
2: Bruce Marshall, BamSports dot net, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Bruce, are you uh, still riding the Colorado's going to get whipped every week for a few weeks train, or is uh, is Coach Prime Squad going to bounce back and play USC tough despite being a three touchdown underdog?
5: Yeah, that is that's a good question. Um, they sure didn't look uh, like they belonged in the same field as Oregon last week. Um, but USC, now, and Travis Hunter is still going to miss another game. They could certainly use him against uh, Caleb and those receivers. But USC, um, the game against Arizona State last week uh, looked an awful lot like Many of their games last season, um, when they just had to outscore the opposition, the Arizona game, the Cal game, the UCLA game, the Stanford game, and and we thought this defense was much improved. They didn't look much. Like, they look like they did the Tulane game in the in the Cotton Bowl last week. They still couldn't tackle very well, and Arizona State made that a lot tougher game than it should have been. Um, they call a Colorado at home. There'll be a lot of emotion again. And, you know, early kickoff for the Fox game there, um, and. I, I would give Colorado one more chance this week because I also don't trust USC laying this big a number. And, uh, that, I mean, that was a very weak opening schedule that SC had. And they are only 2-2 two two against the spread thus far. And they really had trouble covering these big prices last season down the stretch as well. So I think uh, SC wins. Maybe it doesn't cover. 45-28 SC, I think they'll pull away. But um looks a lot like that Arizona State game last week, and they can't get over the hump.
3: There's another big Pac-12 game, and that's tonight, and that's uh, Utah at Oregon State. Utah is a a four-and-a-half-point underdog on the road uh, to the Beavers. I don't know that Cam Rising is back yet. He's got to be back eventually at some point, you would think. What do you like about this game?
5: Well, the Rising, what we're hearing, the last two weeks he has been splitting first-team reps at practice with Nate Johnson, but he has yet to be cleared to play, and I don't believe he's been cleared yet to play tonight, so I think – Kyle Whittingham's going to have to go with Johnson another game. And at some point, they're going to need rising back. Uh, if you look at the national offense stats, uh, Utah ranks 112 coming into this week. Now, they are uh, they are unbeaten, but they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're out on the road. They darn near lost a game to Baylor a few weeks ago out on the road. Um, and they catch Oregon State, which is in a bad mood after a tough loss to Washington State last week, which is no shame this year. Uh, and at home, or Oregon State has been great. That's the other thing to note here with Utah. And I, I sort of deviated from this last week, but uh, Utah, you generally go with them at home, and you don't have to be scared of them on the road. And they're on the road this week. Uh, Oregon State's very physical with the Martinez and Fenwick running the ball, and DJU is better than what they have. I year. he is not the savior for them, but he gives them a little bit more upstairs and throwing the ball than they have with go branson and Nolan last year i think oregon state gets them tonight at home 27 17 beavers i'll lay the points in corvallis
2: uh bruce I, I feel like hugh freeze was trying to send a message to his fan base that they're not receiving well but it sounded like he was trying to caution them that it might not be pretty when georgia comes to the plains this weekend do you see it, it that way, the game itself? It just it sounded like he was given a warning.
5: Yeah, well, that's sort of his uh, self-preservation instinct there. He doesn't want the expectations too high and then have it dashed. Up. But I, yeah, he's always got something up his sleeve. But I i wonder this year how much he can have up his sleeve. I think we saw that was a real red flag last week at College Station. And it just suggests he doesn't really have the offense to trade points this year. And Peyton Thorne is just, there's only so much he's going to be able to do. And what can they do with Ashford? I mean, this, that was just not pretty on any front uh, last week. And uh, so I, I, I think that's until you know, he can go on the portal and bring someone else in next year. Auburn's going to, this could be a recurring problem the rest of this season. Now, the question here about Georgia, Georgia has not covered a point spread yet. Now, they've been at home, and they've been a big favorite in every game, but they have yet to cover a spread for what that's worth. Interestingly, Michigan has also not covered a spread this year. They're the number two team, and they're on the road this week, too. So maybe I get the feeling Georgia's been just kind of bored, um, and maybe they do need to get out on the road. And Carson Beck's numbers aren't all that bad. I think this is when we'll sort of see the real Georgia show up. Uh thirty-one thirteen, Georgia. Maybe Hugh Freeze is right, even if he's just trying to pull a leg with what he's saying, but he might end up being right. I just don't know how uh, Auburn can trade points with the, the offense. that's not showing much.
2: Bruce, you're the best. Thank you so much for your time every week, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Friday. Okay, Michael. Thank you. Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net. Joined us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Yeah, I'm I'm very confident that he is right about Georgia Auburn. Yeah. And that's probably not good for Bruce, but yeah. I, I expect I expect a bloodbath.
3: The only game I, I would have liked to ask him about that I find very interesting is Clemson, a seven point favorite to an undefeated Syracuse team on the road. Ooh. Garrett Schrader getting one last shot at the Tigers there. I, I, I just I got a feeling on that one. Things but could, you know,
2: Really, my, my
3: feelings then. haven't exactly, you know. I'm I'm, I'm here at the Super Talk Studios, not my penthouse at the Wynn Las Vegas. Hey,
2: you got sushi paid for by me because of your instincts. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't yet. Not I yet, haven't yet. But it's coming. So six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Uh, we have the audio. Yeah. Of one of the most bizarre. Football play by play calls you could ever hear. We'll play that Let's when do we it, come yeah. back. back
0: Check this
1: out. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi, Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: We'll get to the uh, that Mike Patrick audio here in a second, but we got a text that uh, I, I think is interesting. Said old Miss, or unless things change, Kiffin will be the Ole Miss version of Dan Mullen—really good, but not great. I think these next two weeks, while while they're they're not going to define Lane Kiffin as a football coach forever, but I do think that that these next two games really will tell us a lot about what his ceiling is, even. Because,
3: yeah. and, well, I said there, there's some there's some truth in that. When you think about what Mullen was when he came to Mississippi State, they were at really their lowest. They had endured seven; they had gone seven years out of eight with with, with losing seasons, uh, and were so miserable to watch offensively. He comes in, he makes things more exciting. He wins a couple games he shouldn't. He comes in and wins an Egg Bowl right off the top, and. You know, then everybody's on board. And, you know, I'm not going to take away from Mullen and tell you that, oh, well, you know, the teams he beat weren't that good because when was State beating Auburn and LSU prior to him getting there? Right. But, you know, he definitely, you know, his record against the top 25 was brought up against him every year. Every year he was there. It was like, well, who is he really beating? He's not beating. You know, he won the games he was supposed to win and didn't win the games he wasn't supposed to win. And you can say a lot of that about Kiffin you know Kiffin had the big second year but since then what's he done and now they're making, they're paying him 9 million a year yeah so 9 million a year means you got to win some of these games and so if they don't win tomorrow you know the next chance to win one of those games is at Georgia and so good luck right. with that
2: yeah we will um the the is he worth it conversation will be loud one way or the other after the the next two weeks um How the team plays, how they look, what adjustments are made, how he handles it, et cetera, et cetera. Because we don't need to rehash it, but the end of last year, uh, after that Alabama loss, things just collapsed. Will that happen this time? We'll find out right about this time tomorrow. All right, here's the audio that we promised. Uh, Mike Patrick, this is an overtime game. Georgia at Alabama. Alabama kicked a field goal in the first overtime to take the lead. And you hear the, the crescendo of the crowd because Georgia's taking the field offensively. And this, before the first snap of the, the second overtime, or the second half of the first overtime period, this is what gets brought up live on ESPN. <sighs> I have an
1: important question. Go ahead. What is Brittany doing with her life? Who? Brittany. Brittany who? Spears.
0: What is she doing with her career? <laughs> Why do we care at this point? Is she here? <laughs> I don't think so. Is she a football
3: fan? Oh, I'm sure she is. She's big, big LSU fan, Britney Spears. From that, she's from that neck of the woods. So. Oh,
2: I see. Yeah. Is she here? Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, yeah. That's, the best, that's the best part.
2: Black so <laughs> that is just... What's funny about that whole
3: thing is, like, I get it, right? He's trying to, like, diffuse the enormity of the situation with a little little humor. But it failed so badly because Blackledge is not in on the joke here. Blackledge is locked into this football game, and he, and he's like... The hell are you talking about? And so that's something that like I would try to pull on Richard. Yeah. In the middle of him, you know, like gosh forbid we have like an actual serious issue, and I'd be like, yeah, but see what Dua Lipa is doing, you know?
2: Like that's something is that I would how you do. say that. I I've only I've only seen it written. I've, I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud before.
3: Dua well, I Lipa? I listened to a podcast today? They were they were talking about her. So yeah. Okay
2: shows how hip I am. They
3: were they were saying, I'll be honest with you, they had a great idea on this podcast. They said that, you know, if you want to get the uh, cuz they someone had, they or they they were talking about how the is it the New Heights podcast? Is that the one, the one the Kelsey brothers do? That oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That's yeah.
3: They, they, they picked up like uh, 800,000 new listeners. God. Because of so one of us needs to start dating a pop star. Okay. And said, I think it should be you. I think it should be you.
2: Do Lipa or Dua Lipa, yeah,
3: sure. Her Selena or, Gomez. Uh, I wanna, watched Dave. You want to go and,
2: and and he dated somebody named Doja Cat. I don't know what Doja Cat Doja is. Doja Cat, yeah, but
3: well, she's a person. Okay. She's a, she's a, she's a. I think she's more of a rapper than a singer. Okay, I don't know. I think we need to go pop wheelhouse. pop is a little. Yeah, I think we need to go pop singer here. So because T Swift just Start, start so looking around. Yeah, yeah we're not we're not trying to get you involved in a love triangle here we need to find a uh uh just a pop star that's single and uh we'll 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 you know what'll sort of go from there I feel like and the next thing you know this is gonna be the most popular show in America
2: Travis Kelsey would wreck me so yeah I need to avoid that yeah you nowadays. don't want to fight him you don't
3: want to fight him
2: no no six year eight seven nine I'm
3: gonna google young pop star so how old are you thirty one Okay, okay. So Ariane Grande is only thirty. So okay. we you know, that works. Um Dua Lipa, as I mentioned, yeah, she's red flags though. She
2: did a Pete Davidson. I mean, nah, there's something wrong with her.
3: Yeah, I no I know, I get it. I get it. No, I understand. Um We'll look we'll continue to look at this through the break and I'll come back and I'll tell you who I think your best choice is.
2: We'll talk to Richard next too. Picks when we come right. back. We'll get his, we'll get like his that. thoughts on it. Yeah.
1: From the flatlands of Mississippi, Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Every minute worth
1: waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. I
2: pulled into the regular pump. I was feeling. I'm Borky. He's Haidat. Hey we have Richard on the phone now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Even though. You know, he's technically not a guest, but still check out Favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. So Richard, we figured we'd get you on and do some picks. We ha- we haven't really done like just here's who I think's going to win this game, this game, and this game this year. I am I'm-, I'm sick of losing, I-, I guess is what it comes down to. <laughs> so um but I figured we'd do that here. And we've kinda danced around Ole Miss LSU, Mississippi State, Alabama in terms of what we think the result is, but let's kinda hammer that home and Uh, start in Starkville, Mississippi State. Depending on the book you look at, I've got 14.5 in front of me uh, right now. Um, Hey, Dad, we'll start with you. Mississippi State, plus Yeah, 14.5.
3: Yeah, I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing Mississippi State being ultra-competitive in this game. I feel like it's going to go the way of most of the, the last few years against Alabama has gone, and so I think Alabama will cover and cover Relatively easily. I think my prediction on uh, Thunder and Lightning was 38-13 Alabama. So that's an easy cover for the Crimson Tide. And I think that's what you're going to see Saturday night.
6: So, hey, Dad, you're convinced that Alabama is going to be better offensively against Mississippi State in Starkville this weekend than they were against Ole Miss in Tuscaloosa last weekend?
3: Well, yeah, I'm also convinced that Ole Miss is better defensively right now than Mississippi State is, so that, that doesn't feel like much of a stretch for me.
6: No, I, I mean, I, I, I get that. I mean, it's just it's a little bit of a narrative shift from where we were a month ago, um, when when we had so many questions about Ole Miss's defense and felt yeah. pretty good about Mississippi State's defense. It's, it, it, you know, I guess that's why we play the uh, play the games.
3: You know yeah but say my, then i wa- then I watch the games, Richard, and this is yeah. where I am now
6: no i i I get it I, I certainly get it uh, you know my head tells me that maybe Mississippi state is the right play, but I just I can't quite get there um be, because it is Alabama, and history feels like it creeps in um how about I go with head and I'll take Mississippi State plus the points and give Alabama a fourteen point win We'll call it uh thirty one seventeen
2: Somebody's laughing at you right now. Hey that is yeah yeah yeah
6: I don't know. I just thought I would ingratiate myself
2: to all of your brethren I, the, I appreciate the that. Six-pack speak needs to know everybody on there needs to know that it is Richard cross only. Picking Mississippi State this weekend on this show. Contrary yeah, don't to really
6: what I believe in it, but I'm going with it.
2: Hey, a, a pick is a pick. Uh, Old Miss LSU, uh, we've talked about the line a lot. Two and a half, not moving. We heard from Bruce earlier. He likes the under because 68 points is a, a lot of points if, if you think about it. Um, hey, Dad, we'll start with you again. Just keep going in the rotation. Yeah. Old Miss plus two and a half.
3: Again, I'm, I'm just not seeing this. you know, I, I don't like Ole Miss's offense right now. Uh, I just don't feel like they are they are any semblance of what they've been the past couple of years. I don't know what's wrong with Quinshawn Judkins, uh, and I, I don't think Jackson Dart can carry this team to a, to a victory. and I, I just feel like LSU is, is certainly going to win by at least a touchdown. I think they'll win by more than that. Uh, so my, my prediction kind of similar to what what Richard had there, 31-17 Tigers.
6: I'm just going to stick with the theme. I'm with you in the fact that it doesn't make sense to me that the line on this game is two and a half. Mm -hmm. But I think we all have a pretty fair amount of respect for the the oddsmakers, and they tend to get it right more times than they don't. I'm just going to pretend that this is one of those kind of weird games that we've seen in this series where it doesn't make any sense whatsoever based on what your eyes have seen or what you know about the teams going in what the heck? Let's give the Rebels a win straight up. Wrong team favored Ole Miss oh. field goal at the buzzer, wins it by three, 31-28.
2: Who are you going to fade? That's the, the question here. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's a back-and-forth close game, similar to the one that LSU played uh, last week. My concern, though, is protection and, and Ole Miss's, uh inability to, to do that if – If you believe that LSU's weakness is the defensive secondary, you need to give your quarterback time to exploit that. And I'm just concerned that they won't be able to do that often enough uh, to to win the game. So LSU in a close one, plus two and a half, field goal, maybe a touchdown, something like that. Uh, Tough to win on the road. I think Ole Miss defensively is going to have a good plan because they've had a good plan every single week so far under Golding. He's done a really good job. I just, I'm, I'm concerned that they're not going to be able to protect enough for Ole Miss to exploit LSU's biggest weakness uh, with consistency.
6: On the... and, and you know what? I'm, I'm kind of giving Lane Kiffin the benefit of the doubt here, that, that they've kind of gone back to the drawing board and have figured some things out offensively. I, that is probably wishful thinking, but we've seen him do it so many times in his careers, even when it didn't really make sense. Like he takes a running back and turns him in to a quarterback or, you know, you you figure out a way to run the football. I, I'm just – I'm, honestly, I'm hoping that, that they have found something this week and have been able to put together a plan that gives them a chance. So I'll stick with it.
2: Uh, Auburn, big underdog. I asked Bruce about uh, if he was trying to read into Hugh Freeze's preparation to their fan base the way I was. Uh, he wasn't buying that much, although he does think that there might be a little uh, Hugh Magic on the planes, but ultimately not enough. Fourteen and a half, and a half kind of a big line. It, you know, you could kind of talk me into thinking it's a kind of a fishy line, if we're being honest, considering the roster discrepancy, but hey, Dad.
3: No, I don't think it's fishy at all. I mean, I, I can't see Auburn scoring much more than like 10 points tops, and and, and Georgia will certainly get twenty eight thirty one points on them, so yeah, let's just say thirty one seven uh Georgia wins this one
6: yeah if you want Auburn in this game, then you better take them plus the points in the first half I, I because that's kind of been the theme with Georgia this year they they've been slow out of the gate they've had a bunch of games that they've led seven to nothing at the end of the first quarter and it didn't really matter if it was you know middle Tennessee good great they trailed. To, to South Carolina. So if, if you want Auburn on the play, then then play the, the points in the first half. But when it's all said and done, when the smoke clears tomorrow night of the play, it's Georgia and it's not close. So, yeah, I'll, I'll lay the 14.5. I don't know. I, I haven't thought that Georgia's offense was prolific at any point this year. Uh, 34-10? Let's yeah. go 34-10.
2: Some, something like that. Uh, offense will be at a minimum... Uh, for Auburn, anyway. The college football road shows are all in Boulder again for a 10 o'clock local time start, but USC has really been poor on the other side of the ball. They struggled on the road at Arizona State last week. It's a big line, and I mean, Colorado will have no answer for Caleb Williams. In fairness, nobody really does, but especially not Colorado. I'm feeling like this game will be closer than I thought on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I, I
6: guess I'll jump in here. I mean, so what, 21-and-a-half? Yeah. Is that where the twenty-one line? and a half is?
2: 21-and-a-half is what I'm looking at right now with an over-under of 73.
6: Yeah, so I don't think Southern Cal is anywhere close to what Oregon is on the defensive side. Now, I think Southern Cal would like to prove something, but I just don't think they've got the people on the defensive side to prove anything. They've shown us that over and over. Now, I don't think Colorado is going to be able to uh, slow down um, Colorado's off or. Uh, Southern Cal's offense at all. I mean, I think Southern Cal will score. It will at like forty eight, twenty eight, forty eight, thirty one. I think that gets you inside the number there, uh, and will hopefully make it a little bit bit more fun when it's all said and done. Is Travis Hunter playing tomorrow? Do we know if he's back or is he just cleared the bowl?
2: Uh, he's cleared the bowl. Uh, I don't think he'll be playing tomorrow. Okay.
3: Yeah, I think Colorado gets some more points because that that defense for USC is kind of porous. But I think USC is going to put up a ton of points. So yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the Trojans to cover here, something like you know fifty nine seventeen or something like
6: that. Ooh, hanging a fifty spot on them, I like it.
3: Yeah, I just, I just don't. I just don't think. I just don't think they can slow them down. They
2: can't slow down Caleb Williams. We could end uh, all that charade if if it goes down like that. I said all of the college football roadshows are there. They're not. Uh, Notre Dame Duke. Why do I think Notre Dame's going to go there and lose?
6: Because Notre Dame's going to go there and lose. Wrong team favored. Riley Leonard and Duke getting it done. You don't just walk into Wallace Wade Stadium and walk out with a victory. Not against this Duke team.
3: I wonder how much hangover there is from last week with Notre Dame. So I'm tempted to I think Richard's right on this one. I think Duke's going to get this game.
2: I promise Notre Dame will have 11 players on the field for all of their defensive snaps.
3: Don't make any promises you can't keep, uh, Borky. You sure, don't have the no control over that.
2: that that's twice I don't know this year. I don't know. Safe travels, Richard. We appreciate you. Hey, real quick, I know you guys have
6: got Food Friday coming up next. want to say happy birthday to Julie Brazil. She is the CEO at uh, Polk's Meat and uh, hope she has a great birthday weekend and gets to celebrate a Southern Miss victory to go along with it.
2: Have fun with Food Friday, boys. We'll uh, talk to you Monday. That was uh, Richard Cross on the Farm Bureau guest line. You guys know him. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. we speaking. got Food Friday presented by Polks coming up next. Send us what you are cooking this weekend on the text line, 601-879-4395. We'll get to those. When we come back. Talk Mississippi continues. Jeff says State fan here, Richard be dumb. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Borky, he's Hey Dad. What a fun show we'd have on Monday, though, if we get uh, those results that he thinks we're getting.
3: It would be very interesting, yes.
2: Are we being too pessimistic, Hey Dad?
3: No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, Richard picked Ole Miss to win. What are we talking about, pessimistic? Richard we? Are game.
2: You and me. You and I? Yeah.
3: I don't think I am. First off, me picking Ole Miss to lose is not pessimism. I mean, that's that a great outcome for me. What are you talking about? Um, no, I don't think so. Especially with State. State has scored 22 points in the last five years against Alabama. That's
2: hard to They fathom. haven't
3: thrown a touchdown. They haven't thrown a touchdown pass against Alabama since 2014. I'm sorry. Yeah. They haven't thrown a touchdown pass against Alabama since 2014. They've only scored two touchdowns in the last uh, since 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There's only two touchdowns in there. They're both on the ground. Wow. Yeah. So, no. No, until I see different, no.
2: It is time, though, for a Food Friday presented by Polk's, and some of the most fun we've had on this show. What I love about that segment and fishy lines and stuff like that is they came organically. We were, were spending our time talking about, you know, cooking out and grilling and smoking meats and all that, and uh, our friends at Polk's jumped on board, and and now we're here Friday five twenty, talking about our favorite ways to, uh, whether you put it you know, in a jambalaya or in a gumbo like I do often with their Polk's Cajun or Original or Garlic and Green Onion or all of their Polk's selection. And if you go to your meat department at your local grocery store and they don't have it, tell them, I had to do that at the grocery store near my house, the the better one of the two anyway. And uh, they got it. I've got it in my fridge right now, probably for Sunday watching the Saints. But uh, picky people pick polks like I did, like you should, a Mississippi company. It is Food Friday. I'm gonna be disappointing to you and to our entire audience. I am not planning I I don't have plans to cook a thing. Got dinner plans tonight. Like going out somewhere, let somebody else do the cooking for me. Mm. Like we joked about yesterday, I am actually considering, you know, watching football like, you know, in my underwear with wings and Bourbon, so that's Saturday night. I've got no cooking plans. Got all week to prepare for a segment of this show where we talk about cooking plans. I have none. So, like, the ball is in your court here, and you have got to carry this for the two of us because I've got no once again cooking plans.
3: I have none. called upon to carry this show.
2: Happens every day.
3: Thank, thank God, I'm up to the challenge because I am cooking this weekend. Uh, you know, after a long week of of college, of college football, in the NFL, we're going to finish off uh, Sunday night with Wrestle Dream, AEW's newest pay per view. Can't wait to see Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. The two best technical wrestlers in the world going at it. Uh, and I'm I'm doing like a Sunday supper kind of thing. I got a I got a four and a half pound pork loin that I'm going to grill up. I got some potatoes. I'm going to do roasted potatoes. I got uh, some corn on the cob. I'm not. I don't actually make the biscuits. They're just frozen biscuits. But we're gonna have biscuits. That's fine. Frozen and, uh, or in the little tube yeah.
2: that you get to hit on the counter.
3: No, no, I don't have the I don't have the cardio strength for the the, the tube. That thing pops, and I just want to die. So no, uh, just some nice frozen biscuits. But I'll brush them with some butter, and they'll be good. So I, I, I got to doing a full Sunday supper kind of thing.
2: So what you're saying is, like, you can't even do the the champagne trick where you take a, a knife and pop the top of the I champagne bottle. I don't. I don't. I
3: don't I don't drink the fine champagne anyway. So. I've only had champagne once in my life. No
2: way, one time ever.
3: Yeah, way. Yeah. Mississippi State won a national
2: championship in baseball, and you did not consume champagne, champagne after that.
3: I did I had a drink, but I didn't have champagne. I've only had champagne once. Do you want to know where it was? Your wedding. No. Right in front of the Arch of Champions in the Grove when State won the West in nineteen ninety eight. Went to the Egg Bowl, we had a bottle of champagne, we drank in the Grove, it was great. And
2: of all the things that have happened in your life since then, you never went back to it. I love champagne.
3: Champagne, I don't like champagne. I don't don't think it tastes good, so why would I want to drink it? You don't think it tastes good? No, that's nasty. I don't drink wine, I'm not a wine drinker. Me either, though. I, Apparently
2: it's like... I'd rather just
3: have have a cocktail and I'll have a toast with you and all that, you know? Or I'll have a beer i drink I drink Miller High Life, the champagne of beers.
2: Yeah, not the same.
3: Uh, well, you know, and champagne's it it cheap
2: too. And, and you know, th- there's probably a, a connoisseur out there that will disagree with me on this. I think all champagne I have never had a champagne that's like better than the other. It all tastes the same to me. So like the five dollar bottle at the bottom of the fridge at the liquor store is the same as the $150 bottle at the top of the shelf, you know? I, I don't okay, think there's yeah. any difference. You can tell the difference in bourbon, vodka, wine. Like, I, I'm able to do that. Champagne, it's all the same. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't believe you've never taken the top off and put your thumb on it and shaken it and sprayed. Like, you never did any of that in celebration of anything ever? Not even for New Year's? Nothing? No. Ah, what a shame. What uh, What a shame. No, it's okay, actually. I just, I enjoyed the celebratory it, it nature is. of consuming it, you know? I hear you. I hear you. All right. Fried catfish and homemade hush puppies uh, is Sounds our good. first message of the day. I love this one. This might be my favorite that we've gotten so far, uh, like ever. Tuna that was swimming yesterday. And those tuna steaks look good. It looks like he's got, what is that? Um,
3: look at that. Got the black and the white sesame seeds yeah, going there. That's what's that fantastic. Man, you know what the best good. part about that? all that tuna is right there? That's about three minutes and ten seconds away from being completely done. Yep. I mean, total. I don't know how big your pan is. If you got a big enough griddle, you might only be 90 seconds away from dinner.
2: Just pop, pop, done. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. yeah. Cream cheese stuffed bacon wrapped backstraps on the smoker with Polk's original on the sausage and cheese plate Woo. as well as sausage Rotel. He says go Rebs at the end of that. Uh, you're gonna be a popular guy at the tailgate, that's for sure.
3: I'm about to say, man, that's incredible spread, right there. So,
2: what I want to start doing, by the way, cool. if uh, if you follow us on Twitter or X, if Wait. you you want to call it by its proper name, nobody
3: a, wants to call it that.
2: I know, I don't. It's either. Twitter. But like everybody, so stop doing it. All, all, everybody in media now is like, this person said on X, formerly known as Twitter. It's like you don't have to say that. Just call it Twitter. It's yeah. fine. But don't
3: say it. Just say Twitter. Just say Twitter.
2: Tweet pictures of your tailgate spread at us i want to live vicariously yeah, yeah. through see. all of you tomorrow these are yeah. big games and they're we've night kickoff it. so you've got time send them to
3: us we've got people eating big this weekend. price wallace says it's my daughter's birthday cooking fillets and snow crab legs for dinner tomorrow Atta night boy and you, Ken and up you see like his he's gonna- uh
2: his outdoor kitchen by the way so yeah you know he's doing Ken it
3: right. like well, he's got a big pot of gumbo going here that looks great Shayford and Canton grilled lamb. He's got a whole rack of lamb covered in herb crust, and it looks like he's got some grilled squash happening back there. Love that. Looks excellent. Smoked chuck roast from uh, D.W. and Madison. That looks fantastic. Chuck roast. We are fans of that here on. This yes, show. we are. Dwayne and Brandon's doing tuna as well. Seasoned broccoli, cubed sweet potatoes, and polks and a sausage and cheese. Uh, with Polk's appetizer. Very good. The charcuterie. Charcuterie. How do you say charcuterie? Charcuterie? Yeah. yeah. Charcuterie. Yeah. Yeah. I say it's sausage and cheese platter.
2: Uh, me too.
3: Keith and JS is classy. doing stuffed burgers. I I love stuffed burgers. Texas Twinkies. I told you about those last yes, week. You uh, did. They are so good. They are so good. Uh what we got here from the 601 big crock pot full of sausage and shrimp jambalaya and some cold miller high life. It's the champagne of beers. Dale in the Delta. Delta made hot tamales. I love hot tamales. So good.
2: They really Jordan are West so Point. much better there too. Yeah, something I mean, about it's just, them. it's just
3: better. Something about the water. I don't know what it is. Collard greens with polks, Cajun style sausage, and a crock pot. That's going to be good. Phillies and uh, some other uh, sausage. I'm not. We're not saying that on the air. You but you should be having polks, friend.
2: Make the change. You won't regret yeah. it.
3: BW and Jackson's got a grill full of duck and dove breast. He he he, he went hunting and got him some uh, some birds. Good job. I mean, it, yeah, our friends are our people are eating good tonight, man. Red beans and rice sauce with polks and bacon, homemade cornbread from Eric.
4: Man,
2: this is a really good are, idea are too. Boiled it. peanuts and, and I mean, especially with tonight's slate of football, just boil some peanuts and have a beer and watch Utah Oregon State tonight. Sounds like a great night. And then you stress eat everything else at the tailgate tomorrow before your team plays. Exactly. Sounds like a full day. Exactly. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Did you see Malcolm's
3: uh, video today for party ribs? I'm gonna try that next week. No, I need to go look at it. You need to go watch that video. You need to go watch it. I'm I'm doing that party ribs. I'm doing that next week.
2: He's exploded. I I mean, even more so than last time. Oh, he's big time. time time. Like world-renowned yeah. barbecue internet chef, like he's gonna have a show like that Maddie guy does here soon. Yeah,
0: Woo. look at that
2: plate, man. Keep them coming, guys. We'll get to more of this and maybe get back to some football when we come back.
0: Yeah,
1: Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you, Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: I was supposed to have been a Jesuit pre-star, a Naval Academy grad.
2: I'm Michael Borky, Brian Hayden. Glad that you guys are with us on this Friday, a football Friday here in the state of Mississippi. So, hey, Dad, is there anything else, any angle? So I was thinking about this earlier, done multiple podcasts this week. We've done four and three-fourths of a radio show this week on these games. Is there an angle, a thing that you've been thinking about, when it comes to this Mississippi State Alabama game or this Ole Miss LSU game that we have yet to cover on this show this week
3: <sighs> from the state perspective yeah there I'll I'll come back to state from the Ole Miss perspective I think the biggest thing is that is this that Ole Miss fans right now I mean, there's going to be a huge crowd in Oxford tomorrow. Their fans are still very excited about this football season. If they lose, especially if they lose by the score like I predicted or worse, the wheels are starting to come off of this, 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 this wagon a little bit. You're paying the man $9 million a year. And I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, if Jefferson and Sanders show up healthy, they can run on that Ole Miss defense. That you're gonna have your hands full against Arkansas. You still got to play Georgia. You still got to play Texas A&M. Still have the Egg Bowl. I mean, it could be it could be a tough season. And I and that you know people are gonna get oh you're a state blah blah blah. And I think it's gonna be a tough season for State too. Winner of the Egg Bowl might be might be to go to to a bowl. Might be the loser doesn't go to a bowl this year. So that's the main thing for me for this LSU Ole Miss game is I don't know if we've really delved in enough to what happened is it, is it starting to go wrong at Ole Miss. Yeah. The other side of that is, for state, what have we not covered? We haven't covered what happens if state wins. We haven't talked about it, and we haven't allowed ourselves to think about it. And honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's a conversation we're going to have. But never would have you know, you talk about like the dumb and dub or just when I thought you couldn't do anything stupider, you turn around and totally redeem yourself. I mean, that's that's where you would be. Can you imagine if Zach Arnett were to get that kind of signature win? You know, Mullen in year one had had a signature win, but it didn't come until the end of the season. It was the egg bowl for him. Uh Moorhead in year one, his signature win, I mean, do you really have one? Auburn and Egg and again, he beat them, but they were a little overrated that year. His best win is probably the Egg Bowl just because of how dom, dominant he wasn't, that team wasn't that game. Obviously, Leach had the signature win week one, beating LSU. And, you know, it didn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it's a great win to have. So, you know, Arnett this year, I don't know if he'll, what his signature win's going to be. You think you'd like to get one in year one. It would be a heck of a way to get one against the Alabama Crimson Tide, a team that your team, has basically no showed against up for the last five seasons. So
2: that's one thing we haven't talked about is what if state wins. And then on the flip side, um, what is it like in Tuscaloosa if they win? Ooh, it's not even. not even think about that.
3: I'm just. I was just so locked in on the idea that if state won, what would what would happen? States three and two and moving on. If state were to, if if Alabama were to lose to Mississippi State, the, the, the our our buddies Cube and and Ryan Brown and all those guys, they have got some work ahead of them. Yeah. Because their phone lines are going to be literally on fire, with people trying to say why Nick Saban should be gone. for the rest of the year, every
2: day. Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, yeah. doesn't matter what happens the rest of the year. They can win every game of the rest of the year. Doesn't matter. It's time to go. Yeah. Ten and two back to back years. Time to go. The
2: the phrase that I used. Um on the podcast earlier this week for these next two games for for Ole Miss and and Lane Kiffin was it'll define his worth. These These next two games, I think, will be a definitive answer of, to your point, what is he worth? Is he worth what he's getting from you or not? From a marketing perspective, sure, he's worth some level of overpay because he brings attention and excitement into a program that doesn't always have that. But mm-hmm. again, I go back to the fact that this, so next week, right? they're three and one, so mm-hmm. next week will be uh week six, right? Mm-hmm. That will be his longest stop at any job he's ever had, is next week's game. Wow.
3: It's funny. I'm. I'm actually. I, during the break, I started reading. this. They did put it on oral history today yep. of Kiffin being fired on the tarmac, and, and I just. I just got into. It. I'm gonna definitely finish reading this today. They,
2: they were three and two, I believe, is when they fired him. And so when he gets to week six in year four at Ole Miss, that's his longest stop, of any of his stops, assistant as well, in his coaching career. And so if if you can look up. You know, play both sides of it. If you look up and they beat LSU and Arkansas is going to have a tough game regardless if they win or not this weekend with Texas A&M and you get to the bye with one loss, you're cooking with gas man. Everybody, The fans are fired up again. The team's playing well. Recruiting's going well and you're going to have a high Q rating with recruits and you get a bye week and then Auburn's after that and suddenly you start really thinking about, hey, Access Bowl and Heck yeah, it's worth it, and this is the kind of season that, when the playoff expands in 2024, that you're talking about a playoff berth, and, and everything's good, and yet, yeah, he's worth it. Like on the train, choo choo, let's go. Well, yeah. What if he loses these next two games, entering the bye week?
1: Yeah, that's that's and, yeah,
2: and you're in your. That's four what I have predicted, and the, the team has regressed, and line play has regressed, and yeah. Offense not performing well. Uh, somebody's vacuuming right outside of the door of this office. I don't know if that's I was what like, you hear. "What
3: am I hearing?"
2: Yeah, right, right. that's that's
3: their way of saying you suck, Borky. And,
2: and poor guy. I mean, there's a gigantic door in between us. He's not disturbing me. He is not doing anything wrong at all. Yeah, but it's loud enough.
3: That must it be just, a heck of a vacuum. You need to go find out what it is. I need to buy that.
2: A heck of a vacuum. You need and to buy whatever industrial as well. Yeah, but yeah. lose these next two uh, games, and, and, and you're one. Yeah. I mean, not only is Can he sustain? The answer is no at that point. If you are as bad as that will be the fourth year into it, with glaring holes on your roster and a backup quarterback making six figures, there's going to be a lot of questions about efficiency, value, worth, sustainability, and you're stuck. Because you can't pay that buyout.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You are you are, begging, you are praying that some job opens up that he's interested in. You're just like, perhaps you should, you should pursue that, Lane, if that's what you really want. Yeah, I mean, I had both teams three and three coming into this bye week in two weeks. That's, that was my preseason prediction. I'll be honest, I feel
2: like I'm going to get there. You think Ole Miss is dropping the next two?
3: I think so, which would be three in a row. I think both yeah. teams are dropping three in a row here. I just I, Jefferson and Sanders are kryptonite to Ole Miss. They 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 put fifty two up two years ago. They did everything they could do to win. If they could have gotten one stop, they would have won the game. Last year, they ran through them. Ole Miss is definitely better defensively this year, but it's, those two guys are tough to stop. They are
2: and better does not and mean if they can great, go to Tiger
3: right? Stadium. I was gonna say if they can go to Tiger Stadium and be that close, they can come to Vaught Hemingway and win.
2: I still have not forgiven Sam Pittman for his clock management at the end of that game. I, I mean, just uh, what what is he making? I don't know. Is it six million somewhere in that neighborhood? Something like that. Yeah. He's making millions like of dollars a year, and I mean, I, I could never do what he does because there's a reason he's in that position. I couldn't run a program, but man, when you are on the road and there's 50 seconds left and it's a it's a tie game. No, it wasn't a tie game, right? You have it, to let
3: them score. You have to let them score,
2: and you have no timeouts. And I think you have I think to coaches let
3: can't bring themselves to do that. They can't bring themselves to say, "Everybody hit the ground," because what you're, I think, what you're scared of is the other team is going to be like, "Oh no, no, I'm going to take a knee." Well, then <laughs> you know. But if that's the case, you did everything you could do at that point. Yeah. But you're gonna. I mean, you're like, and I think the the good news is in that situation the average college football player if he sees everybody go down he's like i oh, know i want to get a td i want to get my score here you know they, 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 no matter no very few players have the discipline to just not go in the end zone
2: it's so funny every time and it happens which is rare the the guy that scores turns around and puts his arms up like what He's the only guy on the field that didn't know what was going on, the one that happens to have the ball and scores. But I, I was screaming at my TV, let him score, let him score. 50 seconds left with the ball down a touchdown is better than zero seconds left without the ball down a field goal. I just, right. Anyway. six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. one, eight seven nine, forty three ninety five. We ever think about how Lane Kiffin won with Matt Luke's players? Yeah, sort of. I mean, sort of. But there's there's something to that. However, I think some of that argument's a little disingenuous, right? Well, they were Matt Luke's players. Then why did Matt Luke get fired? He couldn't win with them. Right. And he couldn't win with those guys. So clearly it takes quality coaching. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I I understand the point, certainly. And recruiting strategy is, is being questioned now because it was more – building a team for a one-year thing as opposed to building a program. And and that's kind of... That's being talked about now that you're seeing kind of the after-effects of that kind of a strategy. But, well, he only won with Matt Luke's players. Well, Matt Luke didn't win with Matt Luke's players. So, clearly he did something right in those years. I don't know. I don't right. like taking credit away from coaches that win games. Unless it's Gene Chizik with Cam Newton because anybody I could have won with... Cam Newton. That's a little bit different.
3: I I always wonder, like, do we not give their coaches enough credit on that game? I'll tell you why if you want to when we come back.
2: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hear it because I'm interested. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
1: Back to Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: Are you ready? On the
1: Super Talk app. Supertalk.fm. And always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station.
2: All right. Going into the break, if you're just joining us, where the heck have you been? Number one. Number two... Hey, Dad thinks we're not giving enough credit to the Auburn coaching staff that won the national championship with Cam Newton. So, yeah, yeah. something like that. Well, I mean, the a, floor is yours. The,
3: the famous stat, the famous stat is like, of the twenty-two starters, Cam Newton was the first pick in the draft. Nick Fairley was drafted, I believe. Nobody else ever played a down in the NFL. Not one guy. And I get that Cam Newton is one of the top. I mean, he might be in the top three college football players of all time, and he's not third. But I mean, there, there's something to the idea that 21 out of 22 guys weren't good enough for the NFL. One guy was great, and they they won a nat. I mean, if they had just been a really good team, you'd been like, man, Newton really carried that team to 10 wins. They won the national title. They beat everybody they played. I don't they, hate maybe, this. You know, I maybe really don't hate this. It's not the worst idea to say. I mean, Malzahn's clearly a very good coach. Chizik's a good defensive coach. You know, was Chiswick a great head coach? Probably not, but let's give him a little credit. They did win a national title. Same with same with uh, uh it's a little different with Orgeron because that team was loaded. The but the other side of that coin the other side of the coin is he recruited them all. He recruited those guys. Chiswick kind of walked into the team he had and then he recruited Cam Newton.
2: Yeah, re- recruited is a relative term.
3: Recruiting yeah. is a loose term, yes. But whereas with Orgeron, he got those guys on campus. He, he was the guy who got that. He put that team together. So he gets a little maybe a little bit more credit. But I mean, at the same time, we talked earlier about how you and I could have done this, that, and the other. Like, you can be Burrow and Chase and Jefferson and Edwards Hilaire. I'll score some dang points. I promise you, we won't be boring.
2: How many coaches wouldn't active coaches would not have won a national championship with twenty nineteen LSU's players? Jimbo,
3: just in the SEC, Jimbo. I think even Jimbo. I think even Jimbo. I mean, in the SEC, I think every coach in the conference would have won. I mean, Lane Kiffin with those guys, he's unstoppable. Uh, uh, Obviously, Saban would have won it. You know, I mean, let's let's ask yourself this: Is there a worse coach than Orgeron in the conference right now? Jimbo, but no. I mean, We don't know him enough about Arnett. Don't you think Clark Lee, given that talent, would win so. a national title? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: You really couldn't I mean, screw that team up. They, they, they,
3: My top two teams of all time are 2019 LSU and 20, 2001 Miami. Those are the best two teams of all time, in my opinion. I don't know who would win a game between them, but, I mean, and they're too deep. I mean each each team's too deep you've got like 50, 60 NFL guys, and not just guys, stars There's are stars yeah. in the NFL at that, that's for those teams, so yeah
2: I hate how likable that LSU team was i hate, I mean they, I they were so likable I, I don't
3: consider them likable at all oh man no, it, no. It, it was I don't, carried I by don't burrow. have that problem
2: see, I'm just not a big i I,
3: really? I respect burrow uh, yeah, but he is he's an arrogant guy. I mean, he just looks arrogant. I mean, I just like I'm not a I'm not a big fan. He's
2: got RBF, and it's an acronym that if you don't yes. know, I'm sorry, I can't.
3: If you don't know what that is, we're not gonna say what it can't is. Tell you, yeah, tell but, but he's, he's got. got
2: you're right about that. Yeah, struggling a little yeah, bit a, with uh, with his health.
3: Yeah. There's a uh, there's a great there's a great I'll, I'll tell I'll, I will text you my, my, one of my favorite sayings, but it, it definitely applies to Joe yeah. Burrow.
2: Uh, going to give a quick shout-out to Ben. Ben is our uh, our resident Delta State fan. He loves his statesmen. He absolutely loves them and uh, reminds us that Delta State, number six in the country, they're 4-0. They're playing West Alabama, 4 o'clock. Uh, Livingston, Alabama is where Le- West Alabama is. Uh, that's tomorrow. Go statesman.com to listen or watch that game. There you go, Ben. Uh, enjoy yourself tomorrow. I know you're I- – I assume – you are pretty jacked up about that game. So if you guys want a, a lead-in, if you're an Ole Miss fan looking for a lead-in, watch Delta State play up uh, right before kickoff. So there you go, Ben.
3: Great games tomorrow. Great games tomorrow. Read, read it. On, don't read it out loud, but read that on air just so I can get your reaction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's my thoughts on Joe Burrow. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. so he says they can't look at him without seeing the Home Alone kid.
3: And there's something to that too, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, uh, another another great weekend of college football, though no, we no, have arrived at it. We have arrived. it starts tonight. There are great games tonight. Great games Oregon State tonight. Utah game should be fantastic.
2: Louisville yeah. NC State right is is the other marquee game tonight. I think.
3: I believe that's correct. Yes.
2: So good night of football. Good weekend of football. Be safe if you're traveling to traveling to town this weekend, if you're in the car right now. Be safe. H- have a good, fun, and safe weekend. We want to see you and hear from you on Monday at 3. Hopefully talking about some wins. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, scream your head off. Help your team. Have fun. We'll talk to you guys. Tweet us, by the way, your tailgate setups. And you know what? A step further. A view from your seat as well. If you're going to the game, tweet us a picture of where you are sitting and how you are watching the game. I love that stuff. We need to do more of it. Enjoy your weekend. For Richard and Dad, I'm Borky. Y'all have a great weekend, and let's talk about some wins on Monday. Y'all have a good one.